Hey, we're going to insert a joke here later because I can't think of anything right now. Okay, sounds good. Spoilers, I will not edit or insert a joke later. <laughs> yeah, we all know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the joke. Hey, uh, welcome to Mob Rules. I'm John, joined as always by... Danny. And it is. Uh, it has been two weeks, which seems insane. Two in- I know, it doesn't seem like two weeks at all. it feels it? like I'm talking to you daily about podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, <laughs> but that's accurate. So. That, that is. Um, but that's okay, we're actually recording now. So we're speaking using our electronic voices instead of our regular or ones. Or e-voice, if you or will. e-voice. <laughs> Could be like an e-boy. <laughs> My dog does not like that. I'm an um, e-thought, John. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I got to get these out, you know, because, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Fuck me. Good. I love it. All right. Um, so it's been two weeks. Daddy, what have you been up to in the last... Two weeks. Oh, God. And nothing else. <laughs> well, we did that excellent ad mech review. We did that. It was a really good ad mech review. We got some really good feedback on I th- it. I think so, too. We've gotten a good amount of views, which is nice. Yeah. Um, Lando approves. Land- Land- yeah, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> the role of Fred today will be played by my very angry basset hound. <laughs> he's, he's really unhappy that I'm here and he hasn't had time to bark at me yeah. for at least 10 minutes. Um, And then... <laughs> Let's see. So I've been doing that. I've been. Uh, I've been actually been building some models. You know. Oh yeah, what you been building? Uh, let's see. I built. Swear uh, to God, if you say Skatari, I'm gonna <laughs> just throw it on this microphone. No, no. I'm. I'm doing a. I'm doing a Skatari inventory tonight to see exactly what I have. Uh, I did just purchase five chickens. I was pretty happy about that. To make some laser gun chickens. Oh, I thought good. you meant like actual chickens. Oh no, 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 John. Uh, I I neither have the time nor inclination to uh, to raise livestock. You could just go to your wife and be like, "Hey, I bought you five chickens. Here's a coop. <laughs> Set this shit up. I want eggs by next week. <laughs> if there's no eggs, <laughs> look, and I'm gonna hold up that prenup, and I'm gonna be like, <laughs> part of your prenup is after three years of marriage." You have to raise four chickens. years now, John. Four, yeah, dude. Holy cow, man! In Look May. at me undervaluing you. Yeah, uh, 2017. That's great. Was it that long ago, dude? I know it's crazy. <sighs> um, so <laughs> my favorite part about your wedding is there's like one picture for me that's lived eternally, and it oh, isn't. Oh, it's a great picture, though. It isn't a picture of me and my wife. It's, it's a, a picture, picture of me, you, and, me and my friend Josh looking like. The happiest married couple. You guys look so yeah. happy. Yeah, we look really we happy, so together. happy together. We're so happy together. Yeah. Um, were you were you tanked at that point in time? <laughs> I mean, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Dude, dude. So that was a real good spread. That's all I'm gonna yeah, say. So yeah. like, we got. <laughs> I got this local. I so I bought uh, three kegs for my wedding, right? And uh, they were all locally brewed beer. One of them though was a Belgian. Yes, and very good. It's like uh, I think it's ten percent. Oh, so, that explains a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, but I didn't mark it, <laughs> and people just got trashed at the wedding, like unintentionally. And uh, yeah, that was so. I eventually put a sign on it, but it was too late. It was oh, tapped yeah. out like all, like very <laughs> like, quickly. By the you only realized it was tapped out by the fact you put a sign on it, and there was like a <laughs> clang noise. 
Um, so yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, so yeah, so four years. Anyway, um, as far as Warhammer goes, oh yeah, so, Warhammer in twenty twenty one. My mistress uh, for you know like twenty five years. Um, oh yeah, I built some. Uh, oh God, what are those guys called? Uh, they are the uh, Invader ATVs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I built uh, I built the first one of those finally. How many did you end up getting? Three. I I bought three because I wanted to use them for like Crusade or something like that for a more fun game. Like so, if I end up playing, uh, you know, Crusade someday, <laughs> we'll get around to it at I some know, point. I here. know, I know. We have all of like six weeks left. Yeah, we've it's got fine. six weeks. It's fine. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, I built those, I built a new librarian kind of halfway for my dark angels, um, a primaris one. So I have a couple of conversions that I want to do. I want to rep- so I cut off the vents on his backpack and yeah. I want to replace them with like f- frame flaming, uh, brazers. Like, so oh, like the artwork nice, yeah, yeah. of the, of the dark angels librarian, which is like one of my very favorite pieces of artwork in 40 K. Can you use a sister's kit for those brazers? Yeah. I think I got a bunch of them. For the braziers. Could <laughs> <laughs> have replaced the front chest plate on there. <laughs> yeah. He's going to drive his rhino's going to be called the bang bus. <laughs> Bro- Brother oh. Luther, you've changed. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so uh, I, I did that. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've done. Uh, oh, I got to watch an excellent game, but I'm going to let you talk about that. Oh, that was not an excellent game. No, no, it was excellent for me to see, like... Oh, for sure. Some power. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So so what about you, John? What have you been up to? Uh, quite a bit. So uh, I painted up my two contemptors, my, my two Volkite contemptors. I converted using parts from the bloat drone, uh, which turned out super cool. Dude, those look so awesome. Man. I'm like, super happy with them. Um, and then I ordered uh, another bloat drone because uh, I, I feel uh, nice. two flash mowers is a, is a good place to be at. Yeah, yeah, in my backlog. A, yeah, great call. And then the nice thing I have so many bloat drone bodies from the various kits I picked up and dark oh, imperium cool. halves. Yeah, you should be able to make some something else with. Then that. I'm going to have uh, two um, heavy blight launchers. Nice. Which I'm. I, I think they're underrated. Yeah, no, I think they're legit. I think those are a great choice. They're, they're really, really good against like Drukari and stuff. Yeah, like, that too. like they're a six shop strength six. Mm-hmm. Um, if you manage to move them fast enough and move your buffs around, they can, you know, minus one toughness and stuff. They're, sure. They're pretty good. Um, and they don't hit quite as hard as a normal blade drone with a, with a flesh mower. Right. But they do they it from do further get, away. Yeah. But what, in combat, they still get four attacks at strength, uh, five, six, I think at yeah. minus two AP or minus one AP. They're, they're pretty gross. Yeah. They're not bad. Um, so yeah, I, I ordered another one of those kits. Unfortunately, nowhere in town had them. Like I tried, of like Wasilla Anchorage everywhere's at. So uh, eBay, uh, I went. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then I, you know, uh, finished up a bunch more squad marks in four different colors so I could just kind of generally go. Nice. Uh, and then I were started working on my possessed. So I oh, have cool. uh, like my Galvor back where I just shaved mm-hmm. off all of the word bearer imagery and books. Um, and yeah, just started painting some of those up. Uh, nice. Because I think, I don't mean, I don't know if I'm going to use them anytime soon, but they're beautiful models. Um, it's just so hard to, it seems like it would be really hard to fit possessed into a death guard list. Right. And so, like, I'm looking at a, at a, I think they fit really well in Terminus Est. I could see that. Because you can deep strike them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where their value is. Because, it, like, if you're taking them, I want to take a squad of 10. 
Um, yeah, yeah. And that means if I want to put them in a rhino, I can't put any buffing characters with them, which they need something like that there. Yeah. Um, so I think there's something there. Uh, I'm, I'm painting them up really hoping in chapter approved. Um, I see a drop in Plague Marine points. So I can start spamming them out. That would be really cool. I would love to see armies with more Plague Marines on the table. Mm -hmm. I think that Plague, like, it's criminally, it's criminal how because how, how often you don't see Plague You don't really see them. Like, all the top lists, all of the Bubonic Astartes slots are filled with uh, Terminators. Yeah. Well, it's um, just because the they're so good comparatively, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think a little points drop on those. I can spam them out. I have like fifty painted plague marines ready to go, so they're all. That's awesome. They're all they're all real sad. Yeah, you've got all the flails and stuff ready yeah. too. Like probably too many flails. <laughs> now I have yeah, I have like ten flails, but that, that's that's old edition. Well, and job. one thing you could do too is just run the units of five with a flail, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, so I, I worked on those there, um, and I think I think that was about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, but I did get in a game. After we uh, did the the Adamax review, after that was released later on that day, um, I played uh, Taylor of Taylor. Yep. Um, he came around with his Admech and his taking the Admech list, and holy shit, <laughs> man, uh, what a wake up call! Uh, so I lost horribly, um, which was a little weird feeling. It's been a while, um, sure. but at the same time, I think the good thing for me was. Um, uh, I made a lot of mistakes early on um, that compounded very quickly. Sure, I can um, understand that. So I, I picked the the secondaries I usually take instead of maybe taking secondaries that I could more easily score against Admech. Um, and then this iteration of the list I was taking just had too many characters. Sure. Like How many far, were far, like Oh my God, it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, there was seven characters. Um, and there was only 10 Death Trout in the list there. So like... Let me tell you what 20 Skitari, uh rapid firing at a squad of Death Shroud does. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently, uh, just wipes the squad. Yeah, kill everybody, all but one of them, right? All, all but one, uh, who I used a command point reroll to uh, get the armor save off so he survived because he was the guy with the relic plague skull. Oh, sure. And I'm like, okay, I've already spent a command point on you for the skull. I'm going to spend another one to make sure I can use it. And then he spent another two <sighs> to make sure he didn't run away from morale, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So rough. it was rough, but again, it was like, I know where that place, and that next turn, that place called turned around and took out uh, nine Skatari. Yeah. And then, well, he like, the skull took out nine. Yeah. Then he shot. And that took out like three more. And then he charged them, and then they died. So and the sorcerer like did a bunch of mortal wounds that was right there too. Yeah, that was cool. Which was uh, really using that malignant playcaster um, ability of just uh, within tw uh, twelve mortal wound on a, mm -hmm. a castrol. It's I really love that power. It's so cool. Yeah, but what a great ability. Like just a little chipping damage of it is great. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I learned a lot. So one thing I learned is if you're playing against Lucius for a Fradmic, you need to screen your deployment zone. Yeah. Uh, I did not screen appropriately, which is why he was able to drop an entire unit in my back line to, to make those shots. Um, I needed to make better use of cover. That's a great thing you brought up was instead of consolidating closer to my characters to kind of act as a shield for them, if I consolidated into cover, then I would have been saving on threes instead of fours for a lot of these shots. Sure. Um, which, and, the, and the characters could still consolidate and pile into to be within three of the death shrouds. Yeah. So. 
uh, so like them. that was something and then like when stuff started going south i just kind of focus hyper focused on one thing instead of kind of taking a holistic look at everything there sure um that's not take away from taylor he played the game oh, amazingly no. yeah, he did a good job especially um, with an army that he had no previous experience right with. for sure um and again like uh the majority of the sticks were on me uh they're like I said yes they're very strong they're very powerful mm-hmm. um but uh, I can think of at least five different things I did that cost me 45, 50 points. So, you know, that's on me for that. I also have Volkite Contemptors. Gross. Yeah, they're very good. They're so good. Um, I like them more into infantry, to, to be honest with you. with the Yeah, trooper. sure. I think they're okay against light vehicles. Yeah. But they're not going to, I mean, they're not going to like burn up the world or anything like that. No. Um, this was the first time in a long time I've run a Plague Burst Crawler. Mm-hmm. Um, I love those. They're, yeah, they're pretty great. They're They're pretty amazing just for... Like uh, blocking um, or just random shots or throwing stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, my two Volkites took out three of those chickens uh, in one turn. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty good considering they were like minus one to hit, uh, like in cover. So they were saving on twos or, or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Yeah. Well, um, they have those Doctrina imperatives right. that they can do. So, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of buffs. Um, I, I would say uh, if you guys are playing against Admech, um, don't be afraid to ask for clarification on what is causing this buff. Right. What is causing this aura? Mm-hmm. Because one of those units that to the well, the main unit that Taylor used to kind of just wipe out my death shroud had about eight or nine buffs stacked on him. Yeah, and I think yeah, yeah, and I think it's imp- I think it is important to like make sure you know exactly where each buff is coming from and what rule is coming from where. Yeah, just to make sure because we like Taylor was even getting confused a little bit just with the sheer amount of different buffs that you can do yeah. and like and all of those all the auras and buffs and stuff like that for like the manipulus that really changed like a bunch of things have changed depending on on uh, from this book to for from the previous book to this book so mm-hmm. it's totally okay to double check and make sure you know exactly which unit is everything's going on i really think admech players need to have tokens so many tokens yeah yeah to the point where i'm going to be taking uh, miniature tokens with me to tournaments like, yeah. Would you like to use this to keep a track <laughs> of your stuff? Yeah, if they don't have them, that's like because something you can pull out of your back pocket. There's really not that many people. Like, there's a few people. I'm like, okay, I trust that that's what it does. But if you're showing up to a random tournament and you have this person telling you that there's like eight or nine different things that this unit does, mm-hmm. like, I need visuals to, to see how that's possible. Right. Right. Um, in saying that, they're good. There, and I know people are going to make fun of me for saying this, but adapt. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's adaption fair. time, right? Well, and I think it's important that people take like a holistic look at stuff and not get too hyper-focused on these combinations. I think that, um, like I was saying, I think uh, we, we were having a conversation about this on a Discord, and uh, some people are conflating like some of the different... Uh, some of the different buffs that you can put on one unit. Um, And then they're like, okay, they have all of these offensive buffs. But, like, some of the buffs that are mentioned are specifically for one Forge World or another. Mm -hmm. And so some of the Forge Worlds that increase the damage don't increase the toughness and vice versa, right? Right. So, yeah, our Skitari that are from Lucius, like, are they vicious for shooting? Absolutely. Like, nobody is disagreeing with that. But... They can only be vicious for shooting after turn two. (laughs) 
Um, they can be really tough all the time because mm -hmm. of the way that their rules work. Like their warlord trait is the transhuman that you can put on a unit, which is really amazing. They have, um, there's another one of the uh, holy orders that you can do that give them ignore AP minus one and minus two, which is also very good. And they get a plus one armor save against damage one weapons. Um, so yeah, they have a lot of rules that increase their toughness, but they're not getting mortal wounds from Mars. They're not getting um, like the increased radium rounds from Metallica. They're not getting the the other uh, radium buff that you can get from the Custom Forge world. So just keep that stuff in mind. Like, yeah, they're gross. They're really gross, and they do so much damage. Like, yeah, you've seen the Goonhammer article with like the uh, with the graph. Yeah, right. And so, like, even the best unit though, like firing full out on average does like like there's a 40 percent chance to kill mortarian which is a good chance right but in order to do that you're having to use eight to nine hundred points worth of options right i think it's yeah it's got it's going to be like three different characters it's going to cost you several command points at the start uh, before the game plus the squad it's like before the game so plus the squad itself plus a command point for the stratagem plus they're shooting at like a monster which is like you're not seeing that many monsters which are that vicious um, or like that tough like Mortarian is very often. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they might be able to split fire and kill some monsters, but man, vehicles are immune to all of their, a lot of their shenanigans. They don't nearly do as much damage to vehicles. So that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, will they murder a monster? Oh, for sure, for sure. They're going to kill it. Yeah. Um, but, well, at least they'll have a 40% chance to kill <laughs> the toughest monster in the game, right? And like I said, they are great and they are good. But, I mean, like, after playing, like, that army, like, I'm like, okay, so I need speed on my list here. Because now I realize, like, I need to get in combat with these guys as yeah. soon as possible. Right. Um. So, yeah, it's just me having to change what I'm doing a little bit. For sure. And if you have the ability to, like, lock them in. Oh, yeah. Somehow with a stratagem or, or a relic or something like that, being able to do that is huge. Um, because they do have several different, Edmech do have a couple of different ways of falling back and shooting. Mm -hmm. Um. And so keep that in mind. Also, like model removing so that you can remove models out of coherency so that you can wipe out guys that are surrounded in the morale phase. That's pretty big, too. Yeah. Big anyway, plays. Big tricks. Hey. Figure it out, though. Yeah. And, uh, and like, like I would say, yeah, they, they seem very strong. I'm very interested to see what the numbers look like at tournaments. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't want to make any kind of value judgments without it having any kind of data-driven, like, results. I would have just used pure emotion. <laughs> yeah. They're overpowered. They beat me in one game. One game, the first time I played against them with having like no frame of reference. I had, I literally had just read the book the night before on camera. Mm -hmm. um, I had no frame of reference, but I did win a tournament a couple of weeks prior to that. So I feel like playing against a new army I had no idea about. Uh, when I make poor choices for secondaries, I should have done way better. I think, so here's the problem, John. Yo. You weren't underwater. You weren't able to submarine, Taylor. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you were out of your home environment. Which has like. which turned into like this bizarre argument today <laughs> between me and Taylor. We're, oh, yeah. He had like this whole like, like flow chart of how this next uh, tournament is going to go. <laughs> we're, we're talking about, so we have a tournament coming up here on the 19th of June. Um, and I made a joke that I couldn't submarine Danny because Danny's not going to be here for that one. Uh, but I was going to submarine like the fuck out of Taylor so I didn't have to face his <laughs> ad mag. He said he was like inescapable. 
<laughs> so I just started calling him like a fool and an absolute buffoon and how I was going to score like 45 points. <laughs> you're going to win with a 45, a 45 point victory. Yeah. Oh, well, I told I him it. it was like your list guarantees 1,003 points. Whereas mine <laughs> only guarantees 45 to 55. A more an average, an average, average forty five points, yeah, like perfect, perfect. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was like, man, I wonder. And this, we're just going to segue this whole time here. What? Who needs commercial breaks? Heck no. <laughs> what is the lowest combined score you think you could end a, a day with, winning three games? Not necessarily oh. the tournament, but what would your lowest score be that you think you could still win a game at? Like win the tournament. Oh, God, no. You're not going to do that oh, with no, low okay. scores. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, unless, it, well, if there's two undefeated people, then no. But, like, I think I could win a game with 60 points. I think you could go sub 50? Uh, I would be really surprised. I just, I don't know. I don't think that way. <laughs> I, I would, it would be a mind trip. I don't know. I'd really have to think about how I was going to do it and, like, not score as many points. I'm just, like... You know me. I just go like balls out all the time and the like seal just, club and left and right. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to collect those pelts, John. <laughs> so, but I've been dicked because I haven't gotten many points before, and like yeah, lost, that last lost tournament that we went to. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> we got the same fucking points, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sixty points. I think is sixty. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could still pull off victories convincingly. Plus, I'm not asking convincingly. I'm just saying sub fifty. Well, I don't want to. So the problem is, John, is I don't want to try and cut it that close in case the dice go really badly one way or the other. No, see, you're just edging. This is this is forty k edging. It's going to be sub fifty, and then that thrill of the victory because every dice roll uh, matters then because you've screwed yourself out of so many points. Bro, I'm not into edging. It's false. That's false. If the last couple of months is anything what? to go by. No. Oh, oh man. man, so many internal jokes. That was right? yeah. That was a callback. So many callbacks. Um, love it. So we're gonna take a quick break, uh, and then we're gonna come back uh, for some salt, uh, which is always which is always welcome. Do you like cookies but want something more British? Buy biscuits, not like those you have for gravy. British biscuits. For dunking in your British tea, stiff upper lip guaranteed. Biscuits, as recommended by Queen Liz of the Britons. Thanks, Gav. Uh, I myself enjoy Yorkshire. Oh no, here's a Yorkshire Gold. I think I drink. That's that's my tea brand. Oh, is that your tea brand? Oh heck yeah. Tea, are you a tea drinker? I am. Okay, cool. I drink coffee at work all the times. So whenever I go home, I just throw throw a bag of uh, there and just warm that bad You're boy up. You're such a stereotype. I really am. <laughs> Don't have a tea cozy though. So, oh, just you have a beer. Oh, beer cozy. Heck yeah. <laughs> you mean a Met gun? Uh, this is just this entire <laughs> this episode. Is just references, this is just yeah. references to stuff <laughs> in the past. Um, though, speaking of references to other things, um, I did listen to Forty K Jason again today. Oh yeah, and I instantly. Uh, messaged uh, Peter the Falcon Clismo mm-hmm. to tell him he had trash opinions on oat milk, <laughs> <laughs> and he should feel ashamed of himself. Do you like oat milk? I do like oat milk. I don't think I've tried oat milk. To be fair, it's all the non-flavor of milk, 
with. So like all the well, other al- first of all, milk has a very <laughs> distinctive flavor. All the other alternative milks are lightly sweetened. Yeah. O- oat milk is not. So it's oh, more interesting. It's more akin it's more to milk. grainy. It's not <laughs> actually oats. Like they milk like they take the little oat tea and they milk it. And, and that's where oat milk <laughs> comes from. It's when you guys to know listening that I'm making little finger motions. Yeah, John like, is doing like a meet the fuckers kind of a thing right now. I don't know what he's doing. It's <laughs> it's kind of disturbing. <laughs> it is. So why all right, first of all, yeah. Oaks oats oats are not an animal. No. Thus they do not Last have, I checked. They do not have teats. But they are living. They and are living all- things do have teats. I don't think you can make... <laughs> sure. Okay, cool, John. Yep, oak teats. Got it. They milk them? Yeah, cool. <laughs> Great. I told Falcon it was those hardworking Canadian immigrants milking <laughs> with their tiny hands, milking the teats of American oats. The, the beefy chap nipples Being, of American oats. Please bear in mind, I sent him this message at like 7 a.m. last time this morning. <laughs> <laughs> good times uh less good times though uh we got some uh salt brought to you by morton's oh man some stuff we want to unload i've been seeing some some real hate towards admec on the internet uh yeah and yeah. like and so granted like some of the complaints about gw are pretty fair sure um and like they're justified like i think that I had some conversations with some people, and I think it's okay for people in charge of this game to admit when they've done something wrong, right? Sure. And, like, this was a point that was brought up to me, and I thought it was very good. Um, People, it's okay for for GW to admit when it's wrong, and, like, they've designed something that's not working quite like they intended it to. Um, And it's okay for them to, to make some changes to things that make the game not fun for other people. That being said... For people to just go on a giant, like, (laughs) tirade and rant about how awful something is for the game, like, is ridiculous. Like, without, and again, like, like I mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode, right? Without any kind of, like, real, like, it's, it's pure emotion. Like, yeah, we know it looks bad on paper, like, or it doesn't look good on paper, right? We, we don't know it looks bad, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I want to see it played out, like... Is there a meta that's capable of dealing with? Are there armies that people are bringing to like counter this stuff? Like, mm-hmm. for instance, um, we have this Ultramarines list that John Lennon and Colin Sherman have run now at a couple of GTs and won. Right. Now, granted, Sherman didn't have to play any, in, into any Drakari, um, but Lennon did, and he managed to win. And not to say that Drakari don't have a great win rate, and the win rate is probably not great uh, for six, the game in general. Six, 69.2. <laughs> nice. Nice. I remember um, that only because <laughs> only because it was sixty nine point two, yeah. Um, but uh, I I think it's I think it's okay for people to uh, to like take a step back and like these four week these four week long FAQs where they like they or these four the four they give four weeks until they feel like they can quote unquote find the problems, but then they don't they don't find the problems like these there there are things that need to be addressed. But again, like we haven't gotten we haven't gotten to that place with Admech yet, I feel like. Like no. we can all see stuff that's very good in this book, right? Right. And it was like even the four week window with the FAQs, like the main concerns for Drakari weren't touched. No, exactly. And, and even we go back to the Death Guard FAQ. It didn't 
address any, like it didn't clarify uh, Tallyman. Is that every right player turn or is that every, you know, like doesn't, didn't clarify a lot of that stuff there, but just made an exorbitant advance worse. Yeah. For like some reason they've decided that was the thing that they needed to touch on, which is so stupid. Like, I because know, I don't know Death Guard were lighting the world up because they could walk across a crater. <laughs> Trust me, they weren't. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, I mean, and to your point, we're starting to see these counter lists, like this ultramarine list with all of the dreadnoughts, um, uh, <coughs> uh, chaos groupie leader, Don Hoosen, uh, brought that really like off kilter death guard list, which went four and one, which went really four big grand turn, like a GT. Yeah. yeah Dallas, GT, Dallas it was a open. major. It was yeah. A major. Yeah. Which is, had no objective secured. It was just like six melted guns <laughs> and it was, well, it did really good. Um, and again, we're starting to see these weird lists come out. And like, I think for me, like I look at the ultramarine list and that one makes a little bit more sense to me, but still weird considering how we've played nights so far. And the same thing with that death guard list, right? Where it's like, from what we know of ninth and how ninth has been played, Uh it's it's real weird. It is. Um, but they're winning, right? So what that tells me is maybe I'm playing ninth wrong or my idea of what ninth is, um, might be wrong or it might need to evolve a little bit past it i mean maybe but i don't know i don't think that's i don't think that's true what's that might i really cover my ass <laughs> on that, 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 that out there. fair fair point fair point and then i think uh, really like looking at these past couple of releases the weird thing is like Drukari, you want to have maybe a table with a little less terrain so you can maybe deal with them a little easier but then, yeah, so maybe these super heavy dense boards that we've been playing on are not the best for those kinds of. But arms. then with Admech, I want that super heavy dense board. <laughs> True. So there's got to be a good. There's got to be a happy medium there that we can right. Find. So and it just because ninth is the weird COVID edition, right? Where there's not been a whole bunch of super majors. Like I think LVO is going to be the first super super major, like your your thousand person plus uh, event. Do you think they'll get more people than they did in 2020? I think so. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a, and again, it's it's weird, right? So there's there's a a desire for norm, normalcy uh, right now, where like, man, maybe I won't get the chance to go to this super major. I go mm-hmm. to do it while I can, right? Um, as my kid's phone goes off. Too. Man, what a great day. Um but yeah, there's just this call for normalcy. Um and then Danny, if you want to take on from that while yeah, I yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yep. So like John said, a call for normalcy. I think that was the word he was trying to use. No, he wasn't. He told me that I was full of shit. I needed to die in a fire. He's such a he's such a great co host. Anyway, so <laughs> I think people just want to get back to normal, like John was saying. Like they want to just play in their in their in their in their big in their big events, and like I, I think that there are some issues with the game right now, and I think like the yeah. release window is, is screwed up. I think the meta isn't having quite the same like uh, quite the same churn as you would normally expect. And I, but but like you need to see the data before start before you start bitching about this stuff. Yeah. Well, I think my concern right now is we're almost at the time where the the reactions of the player base and the perceived meta are going to start affecting attendance again. 
Yeah, that's fair. So we're we're at this weird point where everyone can't wait to go to tournaments and super majors because they've been locked inside for however long and they haven't had the option to do that. But then when they start going and they're getting their face smashed in because they haven't been outside or played in a year and a half, right. and they're coming up against Drakari and Admech, who who you know if you think too not net listable armies, but they're, they're, if you kind of understand the workings of them, yeah. You can make it work pretty well. Um, then that's going to really kind of cause an issue. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's 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 really true. Um, I'm probably going to pick up an Admech army, though. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, because I mean they're real good. Uh, yeah. So well, I mean, I'm gonna what I when I say pick up an Admech army, gonna complete the Admech army. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna use the Admech army I already have and play with that for for a minute and see if I see if I enjoy it. If I don't, then I'll try something else. <laughs> Fingers so. crossed. Yeah, yeah. But I guess to, to just surmise, um, just wait and see. Yeah, and I think it. I think it's important just to give it a minute and see if the meta does react to it in a in in a way that's positive and it doesn't just become like an Admech versus Drukari like show, which I don't think it will. So many people play other armies. Yeah. Um, even when Space Marines had total dominance, it's not like. 40% of the armies were Space Marines or anything like that, was it? <clears throat> yeah, they know. were. Oh, okay. Well, LVO 2019. Or 2020. No, it wasn't 40%. Iron year? Yeah, I don't think it was 40. It was I pretty it was high. high. No, to be fair, I didn't play against any Marines that year. I played against three. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess so goes to show that the skilled, the skilled players uh, managed to avoid Marines. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I didn't and then pushed crazy. them down uh, to, to the, the lowly knees. Why didn't push any down to you, John? <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, no one's here to correct me on that fact. It was 40% Marines. No. Cool. No one else. We'll just go with it. We'll go with it. I'm sure Peter will tell me if he oh. ever listened to podcasts. I want to complain about something. Yeah, cool. Um, So the big hubbub uh, around the, the internets right now. It's certain content creators uh, receiving early copies of things. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. Um, if you believe that the only reason that the content creators you're mad at are winning events is because they get a book a week and a half early or maybe even a day and a half early. In our case. In our case. Because we're... No, granted, we're early. not burning it up over here, but you know you know what we mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you think that's the only reason they're winning, you're insane. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Come on, you guys. If you, if you were like, man, I could beat that John Nanavati or, or Richard, Richard Lennon. Um, <laughs> if only they didn't have advanced notice of this extra 72 hours with this book. Yeah. And so I get that right now. The complaint that playtesters playing in events is like a little lame. I do agree with that. Yeah, that's, I would agree. So, um, but at the same time, that's a really hard balancing act. This is grievances episode at this point here. Like yeah, point oh counterpoint. Man, sorry, we're not trying to be super salty. We're normally not like no, this, no. But we're count point, uh, we're point counterpointing right now. And, um, and speaking of people getting advance notice of things and then complaining about it, like, all right. So, <laughs> I had a, I have had a couple of people say something to me like about how I said that like this AdMac book wasn't broken or anything like, look guys, like I have less than 24 hours to review these books, like, and look at them before we have to make a video. Like we, you get them on Thursday evening. 
Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes we get them on Friday. And then we have to disseminate, edit, and upload by 2 a.m. our time. Right. Um, And then just a little inside baseball here. I was up until 3.30 in the morning (laughs) uploading the ad mag I know, dude. Um, So, yeah. Thank you for that. No, it's all good. It's all part of, I mean, if I want to have this benefit to win with an army I don't own, (laughs) I got to really push that content out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, point, counterpoint, in order for the game to be balanced, it has to be playtested. Right. And for the playtesting to be effective, it has to be good players playtesting. I agree. Like, but at at the same time, there is a significant advantage to, like, those people having access to the rules. So they're going to keep, they're going to, like, in a lot of situations, they're going to continue to be the people that are winning games. Now, what would be interesting and more fair is if there was two or three versions of the rules. And one was sent to each different pod. So say um, Trap House in Florida gets oh, like, rule like A. Some, like some A-B testing? Yeah. Someone gets okay. rule B. And then that way, sure, some people are, but you don't know if that's going to be the final set of the rules. You're just yeah. sending back data. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I had... I don't know. I, I don't think that's. I don't. I don't know if. But then, how would you get meaningful, like consensus on? I mean, things? it's not like they pay attention to it right now, anyway. <laughs> we don't know that. We don't know that. We can saltily assume, which yeah. is all I'm doing. By the way, thanks, Games Workshop, <laughs> yeah, thanks for, for sending us the uh, reviews, review copies of books. We are we are happy with those. And yeah, we would really like to keep appreciate those. Them. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> really appreciate that uh, thing. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of pent up rage right now on the internet in general uh, towards 40k and new releases and stuff in general. Yeah, some of us understood the fallen rules are not good. Um, <laughs> yeah, John show John, we, John and I were looking at his wife white dwarf today. Um, and, yeah, uh, I just got my white dwarf subscription in today, and I'm like, yikes. yeah, ooh, one strength dash sword. <laughs> what a relic <laughs> and a specialist attachment that we, i can't use yeah heck yeah Dude, i was so i'm gonna forge so many narratives with and all right i'm tr- again like i'm trying not to be salty like but i was really excited about fallen rules and these were pretty disappointing it was just pretty much copy paste from from vigilus vigilus yeah so including the specialist attachment which means i couldn't even bring it to an event if i wanted to no which you is just challenge people be I like know. i can I can, but nobody wants to play me. Nobody wants to play against Fallen. Because <laughs> they're so overpowered. <laughs> oh, Still man. the best way to bring a Death X and Warp Time to your Loyalist Space Marine list. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right, we're going to uh, actually switch over to Ennis. Uh, and then after that, we will be right back. Hello everybody and welcome back to Lo-Fi Beats to Get Good To. I'm Ennis Wilson and this week we are going to be talking about something that's slightly higher level than what I've been doing recently. Uh, I've been doing a lot of ways to take game theory and how to apply it to your own personal development and your own ways of thinking about 40k. This week I'm going to be talking about something that's just of interest to me uh, and that is what actually are first and second turn advantage and how some aspects of the game can change that. So to begin, we have to define the terms that we're dealing with. So first turn advantage is the things that the player who is taking the first turn generally 
gets to do better than the person going second. So for me, those are, you get positioning advantages, you get the ability to open fire downrange and start taking your opponent's models off the board faster, you get the first touch on being stood places, the first touch at doing secondaries, uh, anything like that that you want to get off the ground on. Second turn advantage, on the other hand, is much more reactionary. So in 9th edition, you're going to get access to... Your opponent will have to expose themselves to some degree in order to come out to get you, whether that's positioning for objectives or doing anything like that. You get the last touch on objectives, so you get the battle round 5 end of game objective scoring. You also get anything that's end of battle round based, you have much more control over, so anything like grind them down, which is a secondary where the player who kills more in the battle round, if you're going second, you always know exactly how much you need to kill to score your points or to deny your opponent, so you don't have to do any guesswork with that. So, broadly, first and second turn both have different advantages, different benefits, um, and different drawbacks, and that they are going to be weaker at some of those things. Second turn, you're going to have to deal with your game plan will be interrupted a little bit more. Your opponent will get to be on the board faster, so if it's a mission like Vital Intelligence, where your opponent can start scoring objectives and then move off them and keep pressuring you that way, you might struggle to keep up in the tempo of the game. That's just the way it is with 40k, um, and it's just something you have to deal with as a 40k player. There is never going to be perfectly balanced in terms of which advantages are best right now. There will always be one of the two that is probably slightly better. We've seen it when second turn advantage is better, we've seen it when first turn advantage is better. Generally people like it a lot less when first turn advantage is better because you just get shot off the board. That's not really here though there. So what I wanted to talk about specifically with that is how some factors can really, really mitigate those advantages and why you should be thinking about them when you're building tables, when you're playing games. So one thing, one big advantage of going first is that you get to generally shoot your opponent first or charge your opponent first. And if you build an elite list or you build a table with a lot of terrain where you're able to really hide most of your army, first turn actually loses that advantage and then it gets shifted over to the second player a little bit because the first turn player still has to expose themselves they still have to move on to objectives during their first turn potentially some missions not necessarily quite as much but then that gives the first touch the first opportunity to shoot shift over to the second player and they're going to get five turns of shooting and the player going first is only going to get one or is going to get one less so they'll get four and that just means that when you're building a table you need to make sure that if your players are able to hide their entire army there's other advantage to going second so generally if you have a board where it's very easy to hide all of the objectives in the or to hide all of your army in the deployment zone some of the midfield objectives probably need to be obscured as well so that the first turn player can actually get onto them without exposing themselves um obviously indirect shooting can change that math as well so that then shifts it a little back to the first advantage uh, and in indirect versus indirect generally the person who gets the first touch wins that fight regardless just because they get to do damage uh another thing to consider is that very dense midfield terrain generally favours the second turn player because they get to move up into the area where the first turn player had to contest and then they get to go out again and they get to just keep fighting on their own terms. You get to dictate engagements because you know where your opponent's models are before you take your first turn. So you get to move reactionarily, you can stay out of threat ranges and make it so that if they continue to push up the board you always get the first jump. So it's a lot of really difficult to quantify high level stuff there that it's just something to be considering when you're building tables when you're building lists is that you need to have ways to capitalize on first turn you need to find ways to capitalize on second turn and the terrain can always change that math so knowing what terrain you're expecting to be going into when you go into a for into a 40k tournament it's very important always ask for pictures if you can um if you've been to the venue before you'll probably know exactly what it's going to be 
So make sure you're doing that because it will determine some of the ways that you can build lists. So just as an example, for London Grand Tournament in September, I'm expecting the terrain and deployment zones to be very heavy and not actually very possible to get stuff like knights out of deployment zones. So I'm not really planning for knights and I'm not really planning to bring any big models that can't move through ruins. So uh, the great and clean one that I'm painting at the moment, probably not going to be coming out to play. Okay, thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode. I know you don't have a oh, choice. Well, I'm in between that, that the Dulcet of Danny and John. Um, thanks, Ennis. Thanks, yeah. That was uh, some really good stuff right there. Yeah, no kidding. Pay uh, attention to those first turn and second turn advantages. It's it's crazy, and it is super mission specific mm -hmm. um, for a lot of them there, too. Yeah, it matters. Uh, unless you're Danny, where you always just go second. Uh, I, I don't know. I like to go second. Uh, I wanted to share something with you from this month's White Dwarf. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, in the Metallica, it's the Metallican system. Oh, okay. um, one of the planets is called Sol I hate Skinopolis Solari Anchorage. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, well, do you know what an you know what an anchorage is, right? Uh, it's a naval base of operations. It could be well, that that's what it says in the page here. Okay, well, uh, a real anchorage is a place where you can you can anchor a ship up. Like it's a place where you can be safe from storms and stuff. That that make they named this town that. <laughs> okay, good well, times. Cook, cooking let's probably not a terrible place. Oh, I meant the town itself. Like oh, very dangerous. It's a very dangerous. Town. Very dangerous yeah. town. Um, what we really wanted to sort of talk about today was chapter approved. Not the shiny, fancy new chapter approved. Um, we're talking about chapter approved 2020 we're going back a year we're doing retro style retro style because it has been now uh, over a year right of um chapter approved wasn't it december it came out no it came out in summertime it came out when uh well, maybe it was i don't know whatever it was around then sure. it's been a while um but yeah we <laughs> when we got the book we we're super impressed by the fact it had like the full rule set in it um and then yeah it had everything you needed to play apparently the official uh, gt because it's the mission pack for grand tournament nice and i remember being very excited about that uh like just that phrasing and terminology uh so yeah, let's look at take a take a look at some of the secondaries uh the generic uh everybody's secondaries from chapter approved starting off with battlefield supremacy oh sure man what a, so this is a this is a category that actually has more than one good secondary. Yeah. So the the ones they had here were engage no fronts, um, mm -hmm. line breaker domination. Yeah. Um, so yeah, engage was just you score two victory points then your turn if you have one or more units from your army wholly within three table quarters, and three if you were in four table quarters. Right. Right. And uh, so yeah, so domination or engage no fronts right is a great great is a great secondary you see that a lot for people yeah. with faster armies yeah they end up taking that one it's really important to try and score this at least two points on the first turn if you can for sure um otherwise you're really you're really given given up a lot of points on this one so like i really asking yourself and that's something a trap i ran into and something i noticed because i try and take engage a lot and i have a pretty slow moving army right um Able to mitigate a little bit through some shenanigans. Mm -hmm. um, but again, yeah, if you're not scoring uh, two in that first one. So this is like a maximum 15 points you get from this mission. Mm -hmm. So every turn you're not scoring, your 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 total secondaries drop by a lot. Right, right. I mean, yeah, it's three points a turn. Yeah. Since it's kind of a progressive scoring uh, secondary. Um, line breaker. Um, 
mean, oh, I, do you want to keep talking about engage? I'm no, sorry. it's great. Uh, engage if I'm stuck. Engage. Yeah, and that's kind of one that I go to um, uh, if I have to. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like it's better than a lot of other ones for sure. Yeah, uh, line breaker. Uh, I got to be honest with you, I've never taken this one. I think it's good for some armies. Like, I think it's pretty good for things like Gene Stealer Cult. <laughs> Um, yeah, but engage on all fronts is probably just as easy for them to do. It's just linebreaker is faster. Yeah, so just like yeah, linebreaker score four victory points at the end of your turn if two or more units from your army are wholly within your opponent's deployment zone. Right. Um, so really, you have to get that firing turn two. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So really, when you're looking at this, ask yourself: Can you get two units thirty inches across the table in uh, two turns i mean and if you can great i mean there's lots of great armies that you. can do that but this is one that's easy to screen out against a little bit right for sure so you just have to really consider that and then finally a uh, favorite of yours danny i really like domination domination so if i'm on objectives first of all this is scored at the end of your turn not the end of the battle round so you don't have to stay on the objectives like if you feel like you're just going to get wiped off that's okay um well, it might not be okay, but it's okay for, for scoring purposes anyway. And so this requires you to hold uh, more than half the objectives on the table. So this is one that I tend to take on five objective missions only. Like six objectives is too many. Like, because I have to hold four objectives and that's very difficult. Yeah. Um, and then four objective missions means I have to hold three-fourths of all the objectives on the table, which is like also very difficult. <laughs> yes. No, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, but on five objective missions, which there are a lot of missions that are five objectives, I take this one a lot. So what would you say, uh, would you say domination would probably be your favorite, uh, battlefield supremacy? Yeah, usually. Yeah. Cause if I'm holding objectives, I'm winning anyway, right? Yeah. This is more free points. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it really fits your playstyle. It does. Uh, and what about you, John? What's your favorite? Would you like engage? I like engage just because yeah, like fair. I said, it's, um, I would say that's probably a more popular choice. My Favorite objectives are the ones where I don't have to rely on dice. Oh, yeah, for sure. So engage for me is good because if I'm playing a build which has that sort of speed, um, then I don't have to worry about my opponent making all the saves or me right. missing a whole bunch of things. Exactly. Um, so I don't care if I die. Like I just I get those points for just existing. I just get points. Yeah. So that's I think that's why I like engaging our friends more, and then also with linebreaker, you're you're right. I mean the the best way to get in there is to try and do some weird reserve thing or kind of come down. Mm -hmm. But again, if your opponent knows you've taken linebreaker and sees you have two units in reserve, they should be screening out their deployment zone pretty Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. So it's really it's easier to counter than engage. I agree because engage, I'm going to score two points. You might stop me from getting three. But I will score at least two. You're definitely going to get two. Yeah. Uh, no mercy, no respite. Who came up with these names? They're great. I yeah. don't even know why that's a category. Um, <laughs> that should be a secondary objective. <laughs> that should be. Uh, so we have thin their ranks. Uh, if you select this objective, you keep a, a tally of kill points. Um, and you add uh, to your kill point tally. And then you divide the total wounds you cause pretty much at the end of the battle by 10. Those are the secondary points you have. And then a, a model that counts, uh, that's 10 or more wounds, does count as... The uh, the wound count, right? Or is it... Yeah. No, it counts as... You get a point. 
Oh. I think the way that you're reading it is a little bit different than it's actually worded. You add 10 to the tally instead of this model that was just redheaded was characteristic of 10 or more. Right. So, yeah. So, like, your 15, 20 would just be 10, uh, but it's still something. Yep. It totally doesn't count as one, which is good. Yeah. Um, and then we've got grind them down. Uh, grind them down is killing more. At the end of the battle round, if you killed more enemy units and they killed of yours, you get, a, uh, what is that, three points for that? Yep. And then while we stand, we fight. You pick your three most expensive units yep thank you thank you faq yep um and then if there you get five points at the end of the battle for each one of those left alive so i've definitely taken all three of these on numerous occasions for sure Uh, i think this is a much easier category to pick from yeah Um, because you can say thin the ranks you can see if something has like 100 models i think uh 10 points is a really good aim for that one if i can know i can get 10 points out of that one it's Mm -hmm. a pretty good choice uh for for that there and especially when you have things like um like a rhino you're gonna get the wounds for that it's not it's not like the old school itc um models it's it's pretty much wound count uh, up to 10 uh, for a model so it's it's a nice one to score for sure for sure um yeah and i've again usually against horde armies of course yeah um and then if they have some like transports or vehicles or something like that even better than i'm gonna get a few extra points out of that one um and this and those killing those do stack with uh bring it down Yep, um, which is nice as well. That's a that, we'll get to that one in purge, the purge the enemy category. Um, and then uh, uh, wait, sorry. Uh, so grind them down. I was going, I was down. talking about thin their ranks. Sorry, uh, grind them down. Uh, really great against MSU armies. Yep. Um, so if your opponent has a lot of little units and you think that you can kill them, or if your units are really tough, yeah, it's a good one for that too. Um, and then while we stand, we fight. If you have, like, some Death Stars. <laughs> oh. The, for my last couple build, my Terminus House build, uh, while we stand, we fight was just perfection. Nice. Um, and I take it with my, my Dark Angels every game. My, my Dark Angels army is specifically built to take this secondary every game. Because if you can have that unit survive, that's an easy 15 points. Right. Um, to the point where, like, I was doing weird stuff. Like, I had uh, one of my units of Death Shroud. I, I was killed down to one guy with one wound. Mm-hmm. So he spent the rest of the battle running away and hiding in a ruin. Yep. Because it doesn't matter that my opponent did 14 wounds to the squad. Because that one guy had one wound, it's fine. I got my five points for yep, it. Yep, totally. And, uh, yeah, I have never not scored 10 on this, at least 10 on this uh, secondary every single time I play with my Dark Angels. Yeah. Just be sure you have something tough. (laughs) Yeah. And so one thing, too, if your unit splits into multiple units, like if you have Combat Squad, your opponent has to kill both units uh, in order to get the five points for this. And that works for the Custodians as well. Yeah. It works for Unleash the Lions on the Alaris. Mm -hmm. Real annoying. So... They're definitely, they're probably going to get five points out of that unit just because it's going to be really tough to get rid of all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all these are great choices. Yeah. Um, there's not a, there's not a bad one in that category. No, no. Uh, but they're all very dependent. I mean, the first two, like the thin the ranks, grind them down, very dependent on what your opponent brings. Yeah. Grind them down is dependent on your army too. Cause I oh, take yeah. that one with Necrons a lot. Um, while we stand, we fight, you have to sort of build for. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. So don't take that one as a random one. Well, don't take it at all. Cause there's a new book coming. Well, yeah, we can see how that changed. Yeah. <laughs> so, purge the enemy. I'm just choking out of happiness. <laughs> Not like you normally do in nope. a game. 
Oh, oh, just kidding. It laugh. I laugh because it's true. <laughs> um, so we have a Titan Hunter, bring it down, cut off the head, and assassinate. And I'm going to be real honest with you here, Danny. I forgot cut off the head was an objective. Yeah, it's really bad. Don't take that one, guys. That's the one where if you kill their their general, depending on the warlord, depending on what turn you kill him, you get points. Yeah. So yeah, if you kill their warlord turn one, you get 13, 2, 10. Uh, round three, six points. Round four, three points. Round five, one point. So if your opponent has something like Magnus or Mortarian or a knight, they cannot hide, and you have the firepower that you can almost certainly kill it. Six last chickens and a bunch sure. of Skitari. and a ton of Skitari. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good one for them to take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for most of us plebeians. Yeah. Uh, it's for the normal great. plebes. If you can 100% kill it in one turn, great. Dude, that's spicy. Uh, yeah, but let's talk about real ones. So yeah, we have ones uh, that people like to take. Titan Hunter. Uh, I end up taking this one against people with super heavies all the time, actually. Yeah. Um, like even if it's just like one super heavy? Even if it's just one. It depends on how hard their army is to kill. Like, so if, because I feel like if I, if I concentrate on a super heavy, I will kill it. Mm-hmm. And so I end up taking this one if I don't have any other good options. For example... Uh, the last time I played against Wallace at the uh, at the uh, RGT that we played at recently, I took this. And the reason that I took this is, like, I didn't want to take Assassinate because I wasn't sure I was going to kill all the all the birds. Mm-hmm. Because if I had, if he had, like, decided, well, he's going to get three more points and I don't want him to do that, I'm going to fly this chicken all the way across the table and he's never going to be able to catch me. And it's like, okay, well, I can't really do anything about that. I guess I'll just not get, I guess I'll get, like, eight points or, or six points or nine points maybe um and assassinate is of course kill every character you kill you get three points right yeah yeah um but i do take this against armies where i feel like i'm gonna win anyway mm-hmm. um so like so if danny takes titan hunter against you it's oh just... sorry no i was talking this past assassinate oh a titan hunter if they have a bunch of super heavies you take it every game yeah like, it's like it's an imperial knight list it's yeah. a it's a gimme. Depending uh, on how many armagers they have. Um, or dogs. Yeah. Uh, the, the Even just killing one thing for 10 victory points, like 10 is a really good point total. Yeah, for, people take scramblers all the time. Yeah, just for 10 points. All right. you got to do is kill a Bane Blade. Yeah, easy easy peasy, right? Yeah. Um, bring it down. Um, no, this one they did just change. So it's any monster or vehicle unit that you kill, you get one point. If it has uh, more than 10 wounds, you get two points. Oh, it's 12 or more wounds, right? Uh, 11. Oh, no, that, did, oh you, did they change that they too? They did change it. Uh, we're just going to say 12. No one's fact. Yeah, I think it's, it's I think it's 12. It doesn't matter. It's, changing, yeah. it's probably going to change anyway. Um, you get two points, and then if it has uh, like more than 16 wounds, I think, or 18 wounds, it's three points. I don't remember what the breakoffs are, um, to be honest, um, which is fine. I'll they were adjusted because this original one here was way too Oh, harsh. so easy. It was so easy. It used to be like two points for a basic monster or vehicle and three points if it had 10 or more wounds. And like... I legitimately, my list stopped taking a lot of vehicles and transports and things because... Because of it. Because of it. Because yeah. it would just, okay, you're going to max out. You're going to take this. Um, and honestly, I mean, I took it uh, against Taylor the weekend. That's where I scored the majority of my points. Uh, just because mm-hmm. I can pop low, medium transports pretty easy. Well, yeah, and each one of the chickens that you kill, even though they only have six wounds, counts for a point, which yeah. is a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good one. Uh, if you're going up against mm-hmm. your monster vehicles. Assassinate, I always enjoy when the majority of my opponents take this one. Oh, yeah, because sometimes it's a trap. When it, people take it against my Dark Angels, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's assassinate looks easy. 
because oh yeah three points a character you have five characters i'm going to score 15 points like i was mentioning previously right like if i feel like i'm going to win or i'm going to blow through their screen to get to their characters or if their characters have to engage me to be to be useful then i'll take this if people's characters are going to be on the back row not doing anything but buffing units i won't take this mm-hmm. so we say like some of the ad characters that we're seeing now yeah. where they're basically hanging out in the back and buffing don't take assassinate against that yeah army. i would say that's probably not a great choice unless you have like a like an amazingly fast army and you can just get back there and wreck them mm-hmm. or b you have some kind of character denial or snipers or or psychic powers that can nail characters pretty easily yeah um say for this one like i was I, I don't really take purged enemy a whole awful lot i like i'll take bring it down yeah. if, if i'm going up against vehicles i would say i take this a medium amount yeah it's yeah. a low amount for me okay um I like how we're changing the scoring structure for every section, by the way. This, what is, was the, this is my favorite What was part. the first two? Um, Battlefield Supremacy is uh, every game, uh, pretty much. Yeah, I would say a medium on Battlefield Supremacy. Heavy on No Mercy, No Respite, like almost always. I would say heavy uh, Battlefield Supremacy, medium for No Mercy, No Respite. Okay. Now, Shadow Operations, John. Shadow Operations. Man, these have, like, I haven't read the titles in, like, the longest time. These are really cool. I've been using the ITC Battles app. So yeah. So, just, like, boop, boop, boop. Well, that's what I'm in reading these off of, actually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, we got Raise the Banners. Um, this one's actually, like, a pretty good generic choice. So, this one is you take an action, you raise a banner on an objective. The banner stays until the enemy takes the, recaptures the objective from you at the end of any phase. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of your command phase, you and at the end of your command phase and at the end of the game, you get one victory point for each banner that you have up. I so I take this one when I don't have any other good choices. See, I've never really like like I haven't done a lot of the action ones because I don't like the idea of a unit mm. not doing anything. Sure, like sure they're scoring, but I need to kind of get out of the headspace that they're not doing anything. Um, so yeah, I haven't really. Uh, maybe your army's not doing anything because they're all like zombies or like cultists so they can't do anything well yeah but like you know space brains and necrons have stratagems to let them do stuff (laughs) they do actions (laughs) must be nice for you yeah um sorry loser (laughs) it's accurate hurtfully accurate man investigate sites though wow don't take that All right, look at let's uh, because again I'm not familiar here. Yeah, right. Uh, There's a reason why you're not. Score three victory points each time a unit from your army does the following: one infantry unit from your army can start to perform the section and you move. And these are all require infantry unit actions. If it is within six inches of the center of the battlefield, no enemy units are within six inches of the center of the battlefield. The section is completed at the end of your turn. Uh, what? How are you supposed to stay in the middle of the table away from everyone for five turns? I don't know, John. Just do it. <laughs> stop. Stop being. And it's the start of your movement phase, so you can't even do it turn one unless you have some cool infiltrate ability. Yep. I don't understand that one. Yeah, that one's pretty bad. I'm really excited. So they did preview the change to this one yeah. uh, in the article that they released on Monday. Um, and basically they said you can do it if there's enemy units within six. Oh, that makes it better. But they can't, in order for the action to complete, they have to not be there anymore. I like that. Yeah, I think that's okay. At least it prevents the enemy from just like screwing you over by standing one dude within six <laughs> every turn. Oh man, the old favorite, the early edition front runner for bestest secondary ever, deploy scramblers. Oh man. 
And then people learn to just put a dude in a deployment zone. I mean, so well, I still see this get taken all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really great against elite armies that don't have good screening. Because you can be in their deployment zone, no problem. Yeah. But that being said, uh, I don't know. I see this one a lot still. It's like what I don't like about it, it's all or nothing. Yeah. If you don't do it, you're you're boned. And this one you have to take, just to reiterate what this is, you have to take one action in your deployment zone, one action six inches away from your deployment zone, but and also six inches away from the enemy deployment zone, and then also one in the enemy deployment zone. And if you do that, you get 10 points. That's three turns mm-hmm. to, to get this to happen. And there's some units that are like tailor-made for doing this. Like oh, the yeah. Taraxi from the AdMag book are, are great for this. And there's other things that are good for it. Dark Eldar Scourge or Mandrakes. Any, basically any infantry unit that can deep strike and has small bases and like a really little footprint that's not a character. Because this one cannot be completed by characters. Right. Um, so maybe even, I mean, Lictor still deep strike? Yep. yep. They're a great choice for this. Yeah. So what you can do with lictors actually is you can deep strike them in the middle, mm-hmm. have them do this action, and then they have a stratagem called metabolic overdrive where they can double the movement of a unit, and then just move the lictor eighteen inches and do it in your opponent's deployment zone. It's pretty nice because they can just move eighteen inches, like ignoring ter- mostly ignoring terrain. Like it's very powerful. It's pretty spicy. Yeah. So yeah, real good for some lists. Um, I said I think the mistake that was made uh, towards the start, towards the middle of the edition, was it was good for all lists. Yeah, agreed. Where people kind of just latched on that people were taking deploy scramblers. I'm putting this on my. I'm putting this unit strategic reserve to deploy scramblers. Well, let me tell you about that. Are you though? You're not, not going to get that. Um, teleport Homer. So, yeah, this one you <laughs> <laughs> you have to do this like within six inches of the enemy's board edge, long board edge. Okay, and you do it what like. Oh, wait, hold on. Teleport number. No, why don't you read this one? Maybe I don't remember what this one is. One infantry unit from your army can start to perform this action at the end of your movement phase uh-huh. if it is wholly within your opponent's deployment zone. The action is completed at the end of your next command phase, provided the unit's attempting it is still wholly within oh, your opponent's God. deployment zone. So, yeah, what you got to do is, one, let your opponent know you're taking teleport, Homer. Two, <laughs> put a unit <laughs> next to all of their units... Then three have it live, survive like the the Halo Reach objective. And so, what? So, how many points do you get for doing this? Uh, Four points each time. Well, that's a lot of points, but it's very difficult to pull off. Very difficult. I would say this is maybe one of the worst action one one of the worst secondaries. Like I would say it's better than most of the psychic ones, but worse than. And we're gonna get to the psychic ones in a second. Oh, oh boy. Um, but yeah, I think like this one here, unless your opponent is so confident that he can beat you by 15 points, uh, that you can just go ahead and teleport Homer. Yeah. Um, it's real hard to do. Yeah. Agreed. Big agree. Mm. Why would you want to teleport to the deployment zone anyway? I don't know. Terrible. Uh, warp craft. Uh, this is one I try like this section. I try to make work so hard. Um, and a lot of it just doesn't. One of them that was FAQ'd was Aboard the Witch. It was. Because it was all, like, in the original book, you got five victory points at the end of the battle for each enemy Psyker, and three victory points for every other enemy Psyker unit that was destroyed, letting Demon Player, Thousand Sons, and Grey Knights be like, the fuck? 
Bro, why do you hate me so much? Because <laughs> it was an auto 15 points against those armies. Because you're a goddamn witch, that's why. Anyway, like... <laughs> um, and now I think what they changed it to, I think it was three points per Psyker, one point per Psyker. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's still really good. And the other caveat to this is you can't have any Psykers in your army. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So Because you're a boring, not adhering. Right. Yeah. Not a boring, the the non-you witches. <laughs> the, the all witches. The non-union You don't want to be a hypocrite. No. Um, so this one's still okay. I think this is the best psychic secondary by a long shot. If you if you can take it, it is. It is. Like, um, or if it's good against those armies specifically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, going up against Grey Knights. If you don't have a psyker, uh, then definitely that's mm-hmm. a, that's a good one to go for. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental interrogation is. This is the, in my opinion, the best psychic action. Uh, Warpcraft secondary. That's a real low bar, but I'm willing to agree with you on that one. I just, okay, so here's the deal. I hate secondaries that your opponent can just stop by being within 24 inches of you. That's garbage. Yeah. Like, your opponent can try and deny these, and if they do, then you just don't get to do it. So at least you get points when you do this one every turn. I think psychic actions shouldn't be a psychic test. Yeah, yeah. You should just have to, like, give up your psychic your psychic abilities you give up your psychic phase make it like a regular action but like you're right yeah it's only warp charge for the idea is you have one sacred character from your army um you if there's within 18 inches of an enemy character they try and do that little bit like ooh, Mm -hmm. tell me i'm reading i'm reading your mind um yeah it can be denied by i deny the witch and it also doesn't it take away all of your other psychic powers for that phase yeah it does yeah so you are, I mean, it's three victory points each time you do it. It's progressive. So if you don't do it all five times, no big deal. Um, but at the same time, it's three points that your opponent can deny. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you're giving up an awful lot of utility. And it's not even that they have to deny you by being in position or killing your unit or anything like that. They just have to beat you on a 2d6 roll. Yeah. So, yeah. No, fantastic. Uh Oh, this is what let me submarine you at the tournament, Danny. God, who? All right. So first of all, so yeah, yeah you took this. Of I, I you, took psychic of ritual. Of course, you did. Yeah, yeah. So, so you score fifteen victory points at the end of the battle if any unit from your army successfully completed the following psychic action three times, and it's just do a warp charge three action in the center of the battlefield. Three times. Three times. Well, at least you only have to do it three times and not every turn. Right. And so that's why I looked at it there because, like, uh, the list is playing it, so it didn't seem to be anything else that, like, super stood out. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. I got it off twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, it's the feels bad when it's a 2d6 dice roll to, to get rid of it. Yeah. Um. But I felt okay about it. It was kind of weird having to leave a Psyker, like, hidden in the center of the table. I've definitely seen people take it. Um, Especially when they have a ton of psychers. Yeah. I mean, I feel it's even something you build to where maybe you have a psyker who has trash powers. Sure. Or like backup powers, right? So you have yeah. like double up. Um, but I, I haven't taken it again since because it just it feels bad to lose 15 because some guy can roll a 10 when you rolled a 9. Right. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Garbage. But it does let you submarine better players. True. It does. Proven. <laughs> Wait, did I just agree to that? No, I did not agree to that. <laughs> Shout out, John. All right, so Pierce the Veil. Yeah. 
Um, so this one you have. To, this is the one I was thinking of with uh, uh, teleport Homer. Oh, oh, okay. So yes. this one's trash too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. Score eight victory points at the end of the battle if one or more units. So it's only eight. Oh wait, no, no. You can get more. Completed the following sacred action two times, four times. One sacred character from your army can attempt to perform a sacred action. If it is within six inches of your opponent's battlefield edge and more than what? More than six inches from enemy models. So in order to do this, you have to have a character in your opponent's deployment zone. No, not necessarily. It says battlefield uh, edge. Uh within six inches of your opponent's battlefield edge and more than six inches away from enemy yep. models. Okay. So within six. So inches- like in the clans mission, the one that's the table corners. Yeah, this is and this is the mission that you would take this in, right? Yeah, you are twenty four inches away from your opponent's deployment edge. Mm-hmm. So you could, if you, especially if you have a fast psyker, you could jump up on the first turn, or even move up on the first turn and kind of like just be as far away from their deployment zone as you possibly can, and then and then do the psychic action and not have anybody around you potentially if your opponent doesn't go in that corner but then you're a fast moving character out by your lonesome so ideally you would escort him with like a rhino or some other kind of like infiltrating squad or something like that to yeah some cover but it's definitely doable maybe even sort of one of the uh primaris librarians What's yeah sure. the, the, oh yeah the, like the, the uh the stealthy primary the phobos librarian, yeah the phobos right? librarian yeah. good on him because he could just start there yeah but again, it's something like a lot of these secondaries, and this is something, this was kind of like a turning, niche. a turning point for me in this edition was you, for a lot of these, you have to build it into your list before right. you even show up on the day. Right. Like Pierce the Veil might be super good for Phobos Librarian because mm-hmm. uh, you can accompany him with a little Phobos squad so he can't be targeted. Just as and does his little actions and scores you 15 points. Um, and if your opponent wants to divert everything to go up, great. Then that means they're not taking care of your other things. Yep. Um, but you have to build to that. You can't show up in the day and be like, well, I got a chaos sorcerer with a jump pack. Guess I'll pierce the veil. Um, and the same thing with like deploy scramblers, um, and a couple of the different, uh, like raise banners and things. You really mm-hmm. need to go in with a plan before the game. Well, race banners you can do with pretty much any infantry unit. As long as you have infantry, you can there, do it. There's the plan you need. you got to have infantry units. Thank you for agreeing with my point. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and this is by no means exhaustive because, remember, there are uh, nine other objectives as well for each of the missions. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're not going to go through all of those. Don't you worry about it. Uh, but we are going <laughs> to leave things. Um, by talking about our favorite mission from the 2020 pack, uh-huh. and then our least favorite mission, I think oh, we can easy. we can do together. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. It's scouring. Yeah, scouring is the worst mission. Scouring what is a the worst garbage mission. mission. Scouring real bad. Um, weird deploy. I mean, it's a combination of all things. Weird deployment zone because this is the one where you have to deploy kind of in the middle of the table, but it's like hammer and anvil. Yep. Yeah, yep. so, or if you want, or if you like the if if you like this, this is my favorite. You deploy hamburger style. It looks like a soccer field. Yeah, it does, or a basketball court, or a basketball court. Yeah, um, this is what I actually played against Taylor the other day. Oh God, yeah, what a garbage mission! What a garbage mission! And so it's five objectives. Perfect, love it. Lots of five objective missions. Yeah, we like five objective mm-hmm. missions. But have you ever heard of a five objective mission that's hold two, hold three? 
Oh, man, that's fine as long as there's an objective in my deployment zone. Nope. Oh, nope. What the, They're all within Get like three out. inches. They're all within like four inches of each other in the center of the table. Hey, Love it. it's going to be a battle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all of the objectives. It's not a fun one. <laughs> all of the objectives are right beside each other. Yeah. There's only five. It's hold two, hold three, hold more. If you hold the middle, you win. If you, Yeah, hold the middle and win. Yep. It's That's literally it. And just, yeah. It's it's not great and it's not fun. No. Um, uh, based off of that, and I think it's mainly how how would you fix scouring? Mm. Outside of just deleting it, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I would probably just start over from scratch. Like, um, I think it's fine to have the objectives close together. Like that's okay, mm-hmm. and they can be out of the deployment zone. Even in the deployment zone, is okay. But hold two, hold three sucks for a five, for a, for a five. I was going to say I, like I would that. just change it to hold one, hold two. Yeah, that's fine. I'd probably change it to standard hammer and anvil too. Yeah, I mean, I like that deployment zone a little bit. Like the nice thing about it is, or or if I did, I would make the de- the deployment zone longer. Is it longer? Like, is it closer to the middle of the table? Nope, uh, it's a twenty eight inch no man's land. Yeah, so it's even longer than a normal deployment zone. Oh, cool. yeah. So yeah, I would increase it to be like uh, not eighteen inches away, but maybe like twenty four inch no man's. No, I would make it shorter than twenty four. Maybe eighteen is fine, and just make it like. Like, let's get crazy. Like, we're going to get in the center of the board on the first turn. Everybody is. Yeah. Come on in. It's party time. Yeah, I could see that being fun. What a fucking mission, though. Imagine bringing a gunline army to that. I've been like, yeah, all the objectives are in the center. We can all get there turn one. Jump in. I hope you're good at shooting. Um, Oh, sucks that you brought a gunline. Actually, I don't feel bad for those people. Fuck those people. (laughs) What would you say would be your favorite mission you played? Oh, my favorite mission is definitely Vital Intelligence. Vital Intelligence. It is. So the secondary objective is really cool, the data intercept, um, because you <laughs> you don't score it until your next command phase, but you get a point for each objective you control. Oh, and uh, so and the objectives don't you don't lose control of an objective if your if your unit moves off of it, you get to control it until your enemy takes it away from you. Let me tell you, uh, I found that out when I was mid game and went to scoring. I was like, yep, and I hold four, and I'm like. Dude, you're on one of those. And I'm like, yep, I did some Space Marine bullshit to zip my guys all over the board and tap them and then run away. And I'm like, oh, okay. But Jane goes to just reading the mission before you start playing. Who, who was that? It was Nate. Oh, nice. That's pretty That's pretty clutch. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he zips, gotcha. zips Space Marines around. Um, Yeah, so that's dope. I love that shit. Um, And then, like, the whole idea behind it, like, the idea behind the mission is just cool because, like, you're supposed to be, like, securing a data terminal and, like, you're hacking the enemy, which is fun. I don't know. I just like the whole premise. Plus, the deployment zone is cool because it's, like, uh, it's at an angle. It's Vanguard. Yeah. Which we all used to hate, but now that they actually gave us measurements that aren't, like, dickish, like, I really like them. Now they gave us scouring deployment zones. I don't have to measure out a box. I'm all fine with a line. (laughs) Never. You never put John in a box. (laughs) No one puts me in a box. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No one. No one. Not even once has John been in a box. I gotta say, um, I have a couple favorites. Okay, cool. Um, You have two. I have two. Oh, come on. That's cheating. It is. Well, one of them's uh, for a nice reason, but uh, I think my main favorite one is priority target. Um, yeah. It really pulls me back to earlier 40K when you did get to move the objectives about and place them. Oh, I do like that part of priority targets. Um, and then just the secondary on it. 
uh, and probably just for my play style is like an auto take. It's, it's yeah, the secondary good. is really easy. Um, and I really like things that are super easy because it really rewards stuff I'm doing anyway. <laughs> oh, and like, man. yeah, the priority target secondary is like, uh, if you're, if you were playing to the primary mission, you will score <laughs> the secondary. Anyway. It's true. It's true. So it's a super great one. And then the other one I really like is overrun. Um, oh, okay. Mainly because I think that's the mission I've played the most over the last year. Really? Danny, which mission do we always roll? We don't always play Overrun, do we? we? We've played Overrun four times. No way. We have. We keep rolling it. Oh, weird. The secondary on that one is garbage. It's a garbage mission, but yeah, it's a six objective, hold two, hold three, uh, which is how hold two, three, hold three should be a six objective mission. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I just enjoy it because I have many like fond memories of rolling two dice and being like, God damn it. Again, but we're we're the kind of people who are like, no, we we will not reroll. We will let the fates decide. <laughs> um, and also, it's a short dawn of war. I like or a regular dawn of war. So it's twenty four yeah, inches. It's just regular dawn yeah. of war. Yeah. So a little baby deployment zones, and I think that was the first time. I think overall was the first game of ninth I played with this pack, um, and just. We played Vital Intelligence first, I think. Do we play Vital Intelligence? Well, I think because we played that with my neck with the Necrons, and like oh, I remember, yeah. I had this unit of three Scarabs that kept jumping back and forth on this objective and annoying the shit out of you. Oh, Do God, you remember it. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. Thank you, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> uh, but I think Overrun for me like was the first time I was looking at the table um, and realizing the new board size. Oh, sure, sure. Because it's kind of like your standard Dawn of War map, mm-hmm. um, but with the same twenty-four inch deployment zone. Which means that your deployment zone is only like 10 inches thick. Yep. Which is only two inches less than before, but it's shocking like how less, how much stuff I can fit in there. Well, as you know, your mom knows. For sure. Two inches over 10 feet is a lot of inches. (laughs) (laughs) What? From me. Why do you have eight extra feet? No, no. I mean, I'm well, giving that many. I'm giving. Ma- I'm giving that many feet. Like I don't know. Never mind. You know what? Wait. It's so, a lot of strokes. Oh, it's combined over a over a large. Okay. Dist- over so, a large, to make a large distance. So that's like six. Is was my foot. analogy bad? It probably was bad. So that's like sixty foot. So that's, that would only be like sixty strokes. Sure. So that would be like if you're sixty inches. So it's thirty strokes. So thir- of two inches. Yeah, so 30 strokes. Yeah. So at a standard... Under a minute. At a standard pace, you're done in like 20 seconds yeah, dude. flat. I'm, I'm efficient. <laughs> um, I, I got to say, overall, uh, I enjoyed the Grand Tournament Pack 2020 a lot. Me in, too. In I retrospect. Thought it was, so I thought relatively it was very good, but I think it really started to suffer towards like the middle um, where... The secondary objectives were too, too defined. Like it was too easy to determine what people were going to take, and like there was no there was no surprises of secondaries. Right. It like, was just like these are the these are the ones that are good. These are the ones that are bad. There's no in between. Like when we would pull our list out, I could look at your stuff and be like, oh yeah, of course you're taking that. Right. And then like especially if you're building list towards things, it's very obvious what you're going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I think coming from our sort of ITC playing background. Uh, play, playing in the ITC for the last six, seven years. Right. Um, it was a really refreshing rules pack. 
I have to say, coming from three, four years of kill one, kill more, Mm -hmm. hold one, hold more, Mm -hmm. um, it was really refreshing to have objectives that weren't just kill this, stand here. Right. Um, So, like, I enjoyed that part, but I think towards the end, it did start showing its age a little bit. For sure. For sure. Um, And I think, like I said, maybe it was delayed a little bit for the 2021 one. Uh, Maybe it wasn't. Uh, but I'm excited to see the same time as everyone else. Yeah, me too. Uh, I can't wait what, to see 2021. And that's kind of why I wanted to kind of touch on this here. Be like where we've been, where we're going, uh, because we already know engaging all fronts, I believe mm-hmm. is changing. Um, or I think it's uh scrambler. Well, Scram- scramblers is changing to a progressive. So it's and, not all or nothing. Yeah, anymore. And it'll be more, uh, table quarters than, uh, uh, than deployment zones right which is which is perfect so it certainly listen looks like they're listening to that feedback mm-hmm. um we'll probably have a rundown of that book uh because as much as we're excited for the points coming uh God, i'm more excited, excited for those about points the, yeah i'm more excited about the missions though i'm more excited about the missions because yeah. um what i bring doesn't win a game yeah as i've clearly demonstrated how i use it over many times Okay. (laughs) Sure. Whatever. Whatever you say. (laughs) Get it out of our system. Fuck. Shit. Fuck. (laughs) Piss on a shit. (laughs) They they call that uh, they call that the sawmill where I'm from, John. Oh yeah. (laughs) We take our last quick break and we'll be uh, right back. Yo, dog, what's up? It's the M to the A to the G-O-S. Here to surprise your boy, Jerry Annis. <laughs> he has no idea. We about to pimp his night. Hi, I'm Jerry. I'm 22 years old, and my night is a little worse for wear. It got handed down through several generations of my family. Uh, you see, we've been protecting the citizens of this world for gosh centuries now. It's gonna get a lot harder to keep the village folks safe now, though we did not outdated gun. I mean, I don't even have a carapace gun. It's it's tough. Worst of all, my father was very angry at my mother during the body ceremony, so she left him for a funeral. Those those emotions remain. At my own bonding, I felt pretty confused by the feelings I was having, and to be honest with you. I can't look at my mother the same way again. We used to be close, but now that I has uh, ruined. Yo, it's your boy, the Magos. Imperial Might, is this real? Holy shit. Yo, 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 it's real, Jerry. Now give me your keys. We're going to pimp your night. Let's go to West Sector Customs. It's actually narrowly bonded to me. Let's bring West Sector Customs here. All right, yo. So, check it. Our boy Jerry here needs a fly night so he can keep on representing his family and protecting the small folk from Xenos invasion, alright? So, weapons, what you got, priest? So, what Jerry got here is a stock 33 Millennium Night Paladin with a broken heavy stubble and a battle can that battle cannot. What I'm going to do is drop the Reaper Chainsaw low to the ground so that when the small folks go cruising by, they know who's the boss. Nice. 
Then we're going to take the heavy stubble out and we're going to put in a holographic projector that constantly projects the image of his mom's in front of the night at all times and get your boys rage up. All the better to smite the enemies of the Emperor with. Exactly. And as for the battle cannon, we got to modify it so instead of firing bullets, it's going to fire beats. 36,000 decibels of sick beats dropping out that speaker. Word. All right. What are we doing with that machine spirit IT guy? Uh, Jerry's night is slow to respond. It hasn't had an update in years, so we're going to uh, do what we do best. Preach it. Uh, turn it off and then on again. I uh, should speed up the reaction time. All right, boy. Paint, what are we doing? Jerry's night represents the color of the house and family, and it's important that we respect the traditions and heritage. I asked Paint, what are we doing? Like green. Sounds tight-eyed. Let's get to work. Yo, Jerry, we've been working hard on your night, and he is ready. Are you? So ready. We have an incoming orc invasion. I must protect my world. All right. Here is the curtain, and here is your night. What have you done? Why is the reaper so low? My hair bleeding. Why is it green? While we out, yo, you officially been pent. Why is my mother 30 feet on this front <laughs> I'm I'm glad I left that laughter in at the end there because that was the only person. Uh thanks to our Patreon who who requested that we play that ad. It's a classic. It's classic. It is. It is. Uh gotta get it out of our system. You gotta get all these ads out there. I know. Um oh one thing we didn't touch on fallen and how good now i'm kidding their shit um <laughs> is uh warhammer plus yeah the streaming service the streaming service uh following it is warhammer plus right yeah no that's correct god i hate this this fucking naming the like thing streaming services are doing now are uh, they all just gonna be whatever plus i'll have you know i currently subscribe to paramount plus Disney Plus. There's going to be a Warhammer Plus. Why here. Paramount Plus? Can I ask that question? So Paramount Plus has a surprisingly large amount of uh, Japanese and Chinese martial arts movies from the 70s. Oh, cool. Okay. Right on. I like those movies. As well as SpongeBob. Man, like, uh, give me uh, uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine like any day. I mm-hmm. love that movie so much. So yeah. there's there's not as much in Paramount Plus right now, but there mm-hmm. is a surprising amount of kung fu. Cool, yeah, I love kung fu. Movies. I recently got it for Frasier. Um, oh, how did that go? How did your Frasier experiment go? Oh, I saw. Well, let me. Okay, my wife and I got distracted by Buffy. We've got oh, like she sure. she'd never watched Buffy. Before. Oh, and that's on Paramount Plus, right? That is on Amazon Prime, which oh, I really? also subscribe to. Yeah, we have that one. Um, but yeah, no, she'd never watched Buffy before. So mm. we started watching season one and we're actually going to do it the way it was intended where, when angel starts, missionary, we're going to, yep. <laughs> During missionary, <laughs> when angel starts, we're going to like, uh, boot between the episodes in the proper chronological order. Cool. It was really uh, <laughs> neat seeing her reaction to like him turning evil after they bone. Cause you know, right. Man, all men are evil after taking women's purity. It's true. Um, and then I thought it was the other way around. She, she, oh, sucked. she, t- well, no, she, she, she sucked his soul. Yeah. She took his. <laughs> yeah. But Warhammer plus coming mid July, uh, as a streaming service, probably with a lot less sex and that's cool. Video on demand. Yeah. Um, 
And honestly, I'll probably buy it. I'm a fan. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to be a $10 a month subscription. No, I hope not. It's going to be $5. I can see it being a $5 subscription. Yeah. Um, But the reason I'm a fan is it leaves a lot of control uh, with GW. And I'm imagining they probably approached a lot of different streaming services. I'm like, hey, we have this. And so I'm pretty surprised by this, to be honest with you, that they're doing their own thing. I figured they would do something on Amazon, like, because that's what Eisenhorn is going to be on. So let me let me tell you a little story, a little side. Okay, yeah, tell here. me tell me a story. Weave yeah. you a tale. Uh, I have I'm a large professional wrestling fan. Okay, this might be known to people. Uh, I've been dis, uh, subscribed to the WWE Network since day one, uh-huh. um, which is five six years now. Oh wow! Um, recently, WWE sold their network to NBC. Really. And it is now only available via the Peacock. On Peacock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a way to drive business towards there. Okay. So there's something to be said about building up your brand and then selling it. So. Yeah, I could see that. That's fair. I, I would be very surprised if. If it's If Warhammer Plus is a permanent thing, I can see it as a two, three year thing uh, before selling the assets. Because you know what? There's 80,000 streaming services right now and they're mm-hmm. all thirsty for content. Right. So they will pay big dollars for content and an inbuilt audience. Um, so I would see it as a way, as a leverage tool more than a real streaming service. That's cool. And they're always interested in selling their IP. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like my, my only worry is <laughs> I hope they're partnering with someone really good for the back end stuff. Yeah. Because if too many people try and watch the death and robots rip off they're doing at the same time on launch day <laughs> and the whole site crashes oh that's going to be bad there's going to get a lot of unsubscribers. We, we won't be able to cover the saltiness that yeah. comes from that well god and they have had so many like like that's my big concern on it i don't know why i don't know what they're in like in uh gw please don't take this the wrong way like I don't know what the ineptitude is with the like digital stuff because it really feels strong in a lot of ways. Like Warhammer Community is a great website and a great way to dispense GW news. Mm-hmm. But I would say that's like really the only thing digitally that they're doing super well. Um, so I'll add to that. Oh, I guess Azir is pretty good. Azir is pretty good. Azir is a top tier uh, army building software. Uh, which is the Age of Sigmar army builder, which when I heard 40K was getting an army builder, I was I'm like, super oh, excited. oh my God, sweet, Azir is amazing. Yes. Um, which I, I should probably cancel my subscription to that because I haven't played AOS in like two years. Yeah. Um, but I would say their their Facebook page they use. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's um, pretty good. Yeah, your face, pretty good. Facebook is pretty their, good. Their, their social media presence is really yeah, good. Yeah, okay, I would agree with that. Their social media is pretty dope. Their YouTube videos, they've just kind of... Uh, when they do the comical farcical ones, I think they do a really good job. Yeah, and their painting tutorials are, are, are super yeah. super good. They're they're back up to do three. They, do they still do that? Yep, they're back up to three studio painters right now. Um, I think they've been doing a lot of hanging paints just because COVID rules in the UK have stopped it. Oh, okay. But they have um, they have Peachy. Mm-hmm. They have who's the former community guy that they had there. Dude, I have no oh idea. Oh my gosh, no. And then they just uh one of the Forge World artists. The the girl. Oh yeah, yeah, the girl. The, she's she's amazing. She's uh, like her like she did like uh ultraviolet light goblin or demons. So it looked different under a black light. Yeah, those did, were just super cool. Like, a lot of cool so like they have the right people in place. Yeah. Um Nick Baden. 
Oh, yeah. That's Nick the Bain's third guy. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they have the right people in place and they have these great things. I think, yes, they're a multi-million dollar company. Yes, they're growing exponentially. Um, but they're still learning a lot of this stuff. Yeah, here, I think as there's. Go. I think there's some definite pitfalls that they can avoid in the future. Um, and I think there a lot of it is we have to do this before someone else does it. Yeah, and then just trying to rush that production speed is really. So I agree with that to a point. I think that a lot of this stuff has been done already, though. So like they're not going to be first to market. So they need to. Pr- they need in- to like maintain like good business advantage. They need to make sure that they're offering a superior product. All I know. Is that um, <laughs> well, Louise Sugden. That's that's the fortune. Oh yeah, she's, she's hired. yeah yeah. As long as they let her keep making those old world maps, dude. Like I don't cool. I love that she's getting to share a tell in the Warhammer community, or but she better keep making those old world maps because those maps are they're they're dope, freaking amazing. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, Warhammer Plus coming. More free content for us to review because we need something to talk about it. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I, I like look, I am I am a sucker for anything Games Workshop makes, basically. So Heck like yeah. um I'll probably buy it regardless of what it is. <laughs> Cause again, sucker. Big same I tell my wife I have to because I have a podcast and that doesn't pay the bills. Can we write it off as a business expense? I mean technically. I think I didn't get our business license re up because it was like, oh. why are we even doing this? Yeah. Technically, I would have to have you as an employee and do payroll tax and stuff, though. And that says, yeah. What are you paying me? <laughs> Chase. <laughs> Don't worry about it. No, I know I know exactly what it is. The free codexes that we get. <laughs> yeah. I, I pay you and me doing the, the editing now. Oh, there going. you go. Yeah, you fair go. enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think after this has been a real laid back, relaxed episode this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit just of a re- retrospective um next week when we come back in two weeks next week when we come back oh in two sorry weeks? when we come back in two weeks um uh, we'll hopefully have something really exciting to talk about i know i'm very excited uh, where we will probably go over some of the points changes and how it changes lists we're looking at mm-hmm. um i know i will be in depth as i try and stick with death guard dining might be able to tell you which one of the 15 factions he plays he's most excited for the points drops on yeah probably eldar or necrons but you know um and then yeah the maybe we'll even bring someone on to say hey that'd be sick yeah maybe we'll drag val out of Ooh, eastern canada out of his cave out of his cave in, um in montreal or i don't know toronto i think he lives in toronto there's like two canadian who knows cities those are fine. the two cities that's it val you're probably from one of them who yeah knows? yeah there's like there's at least 20 people that live there and that makes it a real canada like social uh yeah. epicenter london eastern canada who knows <laughs> that's in ontario yeah that's right it is i know that for some reason because <laughs> that's where you met val i've never uh, been there but i know that i knew that one beautiful uh daddy anything else you want to say before we sign off uh no man hey you know what yeah um a road trader network oh yeah or it's a little smaller right it's, now. it's a little sad um uh, yeah we find out today dangly boys were ceasing production mm-hmm. um so high lords are on extended hiatus high lords are on extended hiatus and uh then z40 shabal is uh they're pumping they're pumping they, they started pumping out again yeah so yeah they're, they're still going so just us two yep um yeah all i want to say is seth we survived longer yeah. Nah. 
Uh, no, uh, but no, we uh, definitely, if you want to follow up with Seth, Seth is uh, Seth the Mad Doc YouTube channel, yeah, which check is him out. solely orc focused, but has so much good advice. Good Unlike hits. this podcast named yeah, Which Lobrels. is terrible, yeah. This is just awful. <laughs> Longevity does not a uh, good time make. Uh, and then for the High Lords of Terror, Michael Tempe. Oh, man, is he making an awesome Kickstarter? Is he making an He's yeah, made an should, awesome Kickstarter. You guys, yeah, you guys should check it out. It's called The Outward Realms. It's a new game that he's designed. It has um, it has really cool models, has great rules. Um, I'm very excited for the future of that game. Both John and I pledged um, to, uh, to to get into this at, at, the, at the entry level, and you guys should take a look and see yeah. if it's good for you, too. I think that it probably will be if you like miniature games and well-designed rules. Yes, yeah, it's really good. He was very upset when I made a joke that someone would complain there was a spelling error on page seventy six <laughs> of his rulebook. He's like, no "There's no page seventy six, John." <laughs> like, okay, I was trying to make a joke, but cool. He knew he knows exactly how many pages in his rulebook. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good thing. I mean, he wrote them all. So when well, then you would hope, but yeah, uh, as of times there, uh, thirty thousand pledged on a, a goal of five. So it's definitely being backed. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Uh, if you like space frogs, uh, punching uh, armored soldiers on Scooty Puff seniors, yep, uh, this is the game for you. It is. It's like hard sci-fi. It's got a really cool backstory. The website has a ton of great articles about the background, so check those out if you're yeah. interested in it. Outwardrealms.com. Yep. And if you're not interested, buy a rule book. It's 50 bucks. Don't be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bitch out. You, the, that's you a put, direct you, quote you from pussy. Michael Tempe. <laughs> yeah, Michael Tempe told me to tell you. He didn't. Guys, he was really he supportive. He's like uh, the nicest person. Yeah, he no in kidding. no way said that. <laughs> but he did. <laughs> and and unlike Seth, he's never open open hand slapped an eagle. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, the name of this episode is just inside references. Okay, I think that's all the, the matters. Anyway, anyway, thanks for joining us. Yeah, guys. for Mob Rules, I've been John. I've been Danny, and we'll maybe come back. Yeah. 